Hello listeners, this is Lee Price. This is Will Ford from Football365. And you're listening, smartly, to At, At The, the Bridge, Bridge Pod, Pod, a Chelsea, Chelsea FC podcast. podcast, although I would describe it as THE Chelsea FC Podcast. What's up everyone, you're listening to At The Bridge Pod, a Chelsea FC podcast, your number one source for all things Chelsea. Game week 11 review time, Chelsea won, Burnley won, a game where we didn't finish and we got punished. Now here are your hosts all the way from the UK, Mikey Berth and Chris. Welcome back everyone to another episode of At The Bridge Pod, I'm your host Mikey and joining me as we enter the 527th international break of the season, it's going to be a good one, uh, Berth and Chris, how are you two doing today? Yeah, I'm, I'm really good. I'm really happy to it's the international break, as I always am. Chris, how are you doing? Struggling. Uh, Wolf Run Saturday and then Football Sunday has pretty much ripped me off today. I, I've got a bad rib, I've got a bad knee, all, all my muscles ache. But I'm like you, Beth, I'm buzzing for another international break because there's yeah, nothing more what, what than watching help? England against like Andorra. Oh. Yeah, what will help you is watching a load of part-time plumbers play football against England. Yeah, definitely. That's what we all need in our life, isn't it? Uh, definitely. I, I've, I've literally, I didn't get to catch any games over the weekend. I just had to watch extended highlights of the Burnley Chelsea, obviously. So I'm pretty much, I don't know, I might veto this international break and not bother. None of the games excite me. Like, none of them are just like, oh, that stands off. It's No no international break ever excites me, unless it's the World Cup or the Euros. Even the Nations League, I don't really enjoy. It's just, it's just not entertaining for me. Some people might like it. I don't. It is bring back the Premier League already. Well, Uruguay, Argentina at eleven p.m. Well, we're not going to watch them because of time zones. Uh, oh. Nothing, nothing, literally nothing is standing out. I'm into yeah. next week now, and it's Croatia, Russia. Maybe as a push. Um, uh, Portugal, yeah. Serbia. That that could be good next week. Spain, 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 Sweden. Yeah, they're not great. No, they're not. Oh, they never are. are they? No, true, no. true. No, no, none of these excite. Oh, Argentina, Brazil, but again, that's at a silly time. So, yeah, nothing excites me. Anyway, we're going to head straight into our Premier League review. But since this is a, this was a huge bit of news last week, we weren't able to cover it because we were recording early. Um, Trevor Chalaber signed a new four and a half year deal after a very impressive start of the season. So instead of having to talk about it on Friday show, I thought just do it now. It just makes sense. Um, quick thoughts on this contract, guys. Yeah, really good. I think he deserves it. I think everyone sort of uh, wrote him off and, and thought he'd be out the door at the start of the season. But he's came in, got to give him the chance and, and has took it really, really well. Um, he looks a part of the team. He doesn't look out of place. Um, and he does deserve it and, and he will only get better. Yeah, uh, 100% agree. I think he's, he's proof, really, about how important pre-season can be and especially I think a pre-season when there's an international tournament going on because yeah. obviously a lot like clubs like Chelsea especially we have so many people away on international duty that players like Chalabu and that they do get a lot of game time during pre-season um, and that really is your time to stake a claim and fair play to him because he got given that opportunity circumstance favoured him and his performance is was exceptional in pre-season, and he's carried it on. And like Berth said, doesn't look out of place in the team. Looks like he can continue to develop as well. So yeah. it's always well, good it, to get these. 
tied yeah, down. Yeah, 100%. 100%. He, he deserves it. He's not the Chalaba brother that I expected would be uh, the, the yeah. one that was in the first. I generally, when I used to watch Nathaniel Chalaba, I thought he would be something. But he just injuries have gotten the better of him. But he's done all right in recent seasons at Watford. But we'll have to see how uh, he's out for Fulham. But we'll see see how that plays out. But yeah, it's brilliant. So we, we like to see one of our own get a good deal. And of course, be rewarded for what they've done. And he's one key player in our squad going forward. Um, game review. It's game week 11. We were at home to Burnley. And in it goes to the far post. Vidra. The flag stays down. And they've equalised. Would you believe it? 1-1 at Stamford Bridge. Chelsea have dominated. Chance after chance. Chelsea won, Burnley won. Now, as you know, we're level-headed on this show. No knee-jerk opinions here, but I'm going to call it for what it was. I found it a little pathetic. Um, we dominated. We, we we truly dominated Burnley. We had chance after chance. It's the same old story, isn't it, like last season, but we didn't put them away. And rightly so, we got punished because it always is the way. Uh, Chris, he's Nostradamus. You know, the other week he talked about our goal-scoring defenders being a potential issue if they stopped scoring. And I'm going to cut to you straight away. What are your thoughts on this? Well, exactly what you just said. I've been saying for weeks that, yes, we've been winning matches, but if you're winning games because your defenders are scoring, eventually that 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 runs dry because defenders aren't going to score consistently all season because that's not really their job. That's not what they're in the team to do. And you look at uh, Man City, Liverpool, the sort of benchmark teams in the league, um, they rely on their attackers to score goals, and that's why they're so consistent throughout the season. That's why the points total to win the league has gone up so much, because they get goals from forwards, which is what you need. And mm. I've been saying for weeks that my concern was, with all of our forwards not getting goals, a result like this was bound to happen at some point. Um, the chances we missed, some of them was criminal. I mean, I think I think probably the worst, the worst one, and the one that sums up our attack, I, I think, in a nutshell, was the the one with Ross Barkley, where he blazed his left-footed mm-hmm. shot over when he just had to roll it to the left and Chilwell had a free shot at goal from, what, eight yards? Yeah. And it's it's those decisions in the final third that we consistently get wrong. That's, that's an isolated incident, but that sums up what we're like in the final third. We consistently make bad decisions. I thought, as well... Um, Berth said it last week that defensively we we don't give anything cheap away. The goal we gave away was awful. Mm. Like it was a good it was a good goal from Burnley, but it was the first time in months that we've actually looked really complacent defensively. Rudiger walking out so much deeper than the rest of the defenders, not getting out with the line, playing everyone on side, and then everyone just stopped. No one running back in, trying to put the attackers off. I thought it looked really lacklustre defensively that we we almost took it for granted that we wasn't going to concede and we got we got lazy basically it is it is I think why we ended up throwing the points away as bad as the attack was in terms of missing chances that lapse in concentration defensively cost us the three points yeah I, I can't I can't disagree with any of what you just said um yeah it's it's so frustrating I mean I'm We'll get onto it later about where we are in the league table. But what were your thoughts, Berth? You you seem to be more kinder, I think, to the team than Chris I'm, and I I'm are. Not, I'm not going to say that like 
I wasn't disappointed. I, I do just think Chris is, is right. I'm not going to disagree with him. I'm not going to say that we haven't got an issue. Um, our attacking forwards, for the large part, do make the wrong decisions. I've never once said that. Um, God, that that isn't a problem because it, it absolutely is. Um, I do think if we had Lukaku on the pitch, the game would have been different. Um, just someone that's a ruthless striker, and I do think he would have scored a couple. Um, I know he hasn't scored recently, but I do genuinely think he would have got a goal. Um, but you know, it, our, our attacking players, we aren't great enough. That is the problem. We make the wrong decisions in the final third, and the reason I, I think one of the main reasons we play five at the back and play our wing backs is because our best sort of creators are the wing backs, and the ones who yeah. make the best decisions are the wing backs, and they're the ones who get in the best positions to score. There's too many times that Mount, Havertz, Ziyech, um, even Lukaku starting to do it a bit. They're trying to come for the ball all the time, not making those uh, long busting runs into the box. And that, that is the issue. And then when you've got players like Kovacic, Jorginho, uh, Loftus-Cheek, Barkley, they're, they're brilliant midfielders. They are all brilliant midfielders. But when they get into the final third, the reason why they're not considered... All right, Jorginho is a bit different to those. But I think you, you look at what separates them from, say, Kevin De Bruyne. Kevin De Bruyne does it all the time in the final third. You know, it, it's the, the decision-making that stops them from being world-class. And at the moment, if not careful, we won't win the league if we don't sort out our creativity. Um, yeah. and, and that is the real issue. What I will say is that, yeah, it's a bad result and a, not the best of performances, but we still scored the most goals. We still conceded the least. I don't think it's time to overreact yet. It, it's an alarming result. I think we do need to be a bit level-headed. We're still top. Yeah, I'm sure Tuchel will want, to, want things to change. I'm sure the players will want things to change. Lukaku will be back soon. Werner will be back soon. You know, so we just have to be disappointed this game, but not overreact too much. And I'm not saying you to are, but no, no, so I know. Let's just be level-headed. It, it, it's a draw that feels like a loss. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, Mountain Pulisic were back from injury. Neither, for my liking, looked match fit, let alone match ready. Uh, that that was a bit of a problem. Um, and now Pulisic, for good or bad, is now off to play for America. And they've got a huge game coming up. They've got Mexico, and that is a huge, intense game. And you do sometimes wonder, he's not match fit. It could go one way, and you think, he's he's going to get those minutes. He's going to get that drive and uh, the form and be Pulisic even more so when he returns. But it could go the other way, and he gets absolutely intensely bullied out of the game and gets injured. It, it, it's it's a bit harsh, but it, I do worry. Hindsight, you know, it, it's a great thing, isn't it? This is the kind of game that Romelu Lukaku, like he said, would have been perfect for. But we shouldn't be requiring a nearly £100 million super clinical forward to be putting away a bottom-tier team like Burnley at home. I've got to say it, bottom-tier, because they're, they're probably going to be in that bottom half again. They're not a superpower. They do frustrate, but Man City are able to put them away. And if we do want a challenge, that's the problem. I mean, we were pathetic in front of goal. But what, what we'll say is the past two times we've won the Premier League, we've drew one-one at home with Burnley. So, <laughs> well, there we go. It's it's gonna it's it's all coming up Chelsea. I mean, to be fair, Man City did only beat them two 0 this season, and obviously, I, I don't know. It's it's a difficult one because I look back through the results. Arsenal beat them one 0 Everton three one. Norwich was a nil nil, which isn't always a great thing. Liverpool two nil. The thing is, your rivals have beaten them. I know they've also lost to other teams and all that sort of thing. But, it, you know, we were we were pathetic in front of goal. And I obviously, like I said, I watched the extended highlights on this one. And it was chance after chance after chance. 25 shots, only four on target. 
I, I, it, it's just simply unacceptable so, for a team yeah, claiming it, to be title challengers. That that really is bad. That's you wouldn't get that said, against a big team either. No, I've always said that if I if I was a if I was a, a manager, the the minimum I would expect from my team is half of your shots should be on target. Mm-hmm. And if you're having 25 shots, we should have had at least 12 on target. And I think yes. if we get 12 on target, we win that game probably three 0 mm-hmm. And that is the problem. They're not. We're not even. We're not forcing goalkeepers to be really good most of the time because we just we just miss the goal. So here's my, here's a question for you both though. This is a this is a problem that we've had for years. It's not Thomas Tuchel's problem. It wasn't Savi's problem. It wasn't Lampard's problem. It wasn't Conte's problem. Doesn't matter who's in charge. We've had this problem for a good number of years, probably since the Conte title winning season. Yeah. Every season since, we've had a similar problem. We've made signings in forward areas every year since, and no matter who we bring in, they seem to fall into the same trap of constantly making bad decisions. Like you look at Kai Havertz, for example, at Leverkusen, he was ruthless in the final third. Comes to us, doesn't look the same player in the final third. Timo Werner, same. Even yeah. Lukaku. Lukaku was deadly for Inter Milan last season. He come to us, he's gone seven games without a goal. Why is that happening? When you look at Liverpool took Sadio Mane from Southampton. He was a good player at Southampton, but nowhere near the player he is now. He's improved. They took Salah from Roma. He's improved. Roberto Firmino, he's improved. Man City do it with every forward they get. Every, every forward player they sign scores goals. Why can't we get that? Like, what do you think the problem is? I don't know. Maybe I'd say it can't be a chance thing because we're creating them. So would it be on the training ground? But then you'd start to question, is it an attitude issue? I don't know. It's a strange one because you think they can't not have a... I mean, Tuckle's not the one. He's ruthless. So I don't know. I really do not know the answer to that question. And that is frustrating for me. I think we haven't quite been the same team creatively since we've lost Hazard and one matter. Yeah, oh, but I also, I also don't think there's many. I, I look at Liverpool, right? You look at their midfield. They haven't got a creative midfielder in that midfield. No, they haven't. But, mm. I, I wouldn't say Sadio Mane is an overly creative player. Mo Salah is a very selfish, selfish player. Unbelievable player. Probably the best player in the world right now. He's not a creative player, but he just gets goal after goal after goal. They get just about more chances than we do. Yeah. I wouldn't say they have more creative players than us. Now, fair enough, Man City, they have the, the complete opposite. They have loads of creative uh, midfielders. They've got De Bruyne, Bernardo Silva, um, Mares. Who else is there? I mean, there's Jack Grealish. So they've got loads. Uh, it, it's a really weird, weird one, and I can't put my finger on it. But different teams, are, are different teams, different styles. I, I don't know. It, you can't really blame the manager because it's, it's, it's been a long yeah. term. No, you're right. Really has. But I don't think it's an attitude problem. It can't be an attitude problem. Because um, we've got really... different players. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I, like, yeah. I personally think, you look at Mata, unbelievable player. Fabregas, unbelievable creator. Hazard, unbelievable creator. How have we actually replaced them over the years? No, we haven't. I no, think, I'm... exactly. I think the Hazard one especially, I think, I think personally, the thing that we're missing now is the X Factor player who yeah. oppositions don't want to play before yeah, we've even yeah, got yeah. the pitch. 
Like you look at Liverpool, for example, they've got Mo Salah. Now he'll draw a lot of attention in a game, which gives people like Jota, Firmino, Mane more space to operate. Mm-hmm. Man City, they've got, well, take your pick, but mainly, you know, Kevin De Bruyne, probably Bernardo Silva at the minute. Players who draw attention, teams will probably double up on, which will leave space for somebody else. I don't think we've got that. I don't think we've got a player who the opposition look at and worry about before the game starts. I think maybe Lukaku partially, but he's not an X-factor player. He's the number nine. He needs he needs Hazard really to make the chances for him, and he'll finish them off. Yeah. I don't we've I don't think we've got that player. I think that's why someone like Jack Grealish would have been a good signing for us because that's what he is. He draws a lot of attention. No. I don't think he's shown at Man City because he's surrounded by so many good players. It's really hard to stand out in that Man City team. Uh, but I think that sort of player is what we need. Uh, I, I think we've got that. Yeah, I think these players, these managers buy players or get players, and it almost seems as if they buy them and then they bring them in and they play to their strength straight away. They always play yeah. to their strength straight away. They don't try and change how they play. We get players in, and it seems like we have to try and make them play a, a certain way. They can't be themselves on the pitch. It's like uh, Lukaku, he came in first couple of games, he was that striker into Milan. As yeah. he's gone on, it's almost as if like we're a possession-based team. We want you coming to the ball and like, playing it that way. Don't run at defenders. Don't uh, put your shoulder into them. You know, you, you play our way. Don't play your way. Um, and that's what it seems. I'm sure that's not the case, but it just seems as if we try and bring players in to change them. And we don't bring them in to get them to play that they they know how to play. Yeah, I mean, if this injury hit period has taught the club anything, it is, you know, people were almost going, really, when Tuchel said that a, a target for January is a striker. Now you can laugh, but we need a striker in January to sit behind Lukaku. You know, we know Timo is not one. Havertz is certainly not at all. False nine, yeah, but not a striker. And it was a good goal, though. He scored. It was a good head. It was a good goal. Yeah, fair so, play. Yeah, yeah. And But the thing is, when you allow Giroud, Bashwai, and even Brozier to leave... And Abraham. Yeah, of course. It's irrelevant whether you think they could do a job because you could go, oh, well, Michi probably... No, irrelevant. It's ridiculous to say we, have, we, we let them go, leaving us with one recognised centre-forward in Lukaku. Yeah. That's not good. There's not even a plan B sort of thing as well. With sub, like with Giroud, you kind of had that plan B. Well, yeah, I mean, I said that a few weeks ago when we did, mm. uh, when we were talking about potential signings in January. What what do we need? Do, when we were talking about defensive midfielders, centre backs at the time, I can't remember which what, what the pod was then. Um, but I said then that I, th- I thought we still needed a striker because Lukaku's a very certain profile of striker. And I think if you get used to playing with him, which like Berth said, we haven't yet. But let's say we had continued to play well with him in the team. If he did then get injured and you're putting Werner up front, he's a completely different player. So then your whole style's got to change. And I think mm-hmm. that's the problem that we've got. If When Lukaku comes back, we've got to start playing to him. And the whole style's got to be based around him because he's the one who's going to win us football matches. And that means the person who sat on the bench, who plays when he doesn't, has got to be similar profile. Not as good, because you're not going to get that. You're not going to get someone as good as Lukaku sitting on your bench. But 
a similar profile, can play with their back to goal, but can also run channels. They won't be as deadly in front of goal, but the way that they play the game is going to be similar. So it's more seamless when you take people in and out. If you look at Liverpool, for example, they have Firmino and Jota. No matter which one of them plays, they play similar. They, they both play as a, as a false nine, really. That they don't take Firmino out and bring in a Giroud and then think, well, we've got to change the whole way that we play. And I think that's that's why we are after a striker in January. Yeah. I, I think what the problem with Chelsea is it's sort of different to Liverpool and Man City. We are very, very predictable in possession. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's why I say that we, we're a different team ever since Hazard's gone because you didn't really know what Hazard was going to do with the ball. And even if he did, you couldn't stop him. Yeah. We haven't got that play now. We haven't got that play with um, that unpredictability. Um, you look at Ziyech, you know what he's going to do. He's going to get on his left. With Werner, you know what he's going to do. He's going to try and get in behind. You know what Lukaku's going to do. Um, there's just not that one player that has that sort of... That you don't know where he's going to go sort of thing. You don't know what he's going to do next. And Liverpool have got it. Man City have got it. I don't think we have. And you're absolutely right, Chris. You haven't got that X factor. Um, and I do think I do think we need to change that in January. A striker, I think, yeah, it's a great shot. We do need we do need one. Um, it'll be interesting to see if we actually do get one. It's I'll put this forward. Does the Premier League table lie? We're top by three. Is that the truth? Are we the best team in the division right now? Look, at the end of the day, I don't think the table ever lies. You are where you deserve to be. Um, we've conceded at least, scored the most. So you can't say we don't deserve to be there. I'm not saying our performances have been amazing by any stretch, but you know we've been getting very, very good results. We deserve to be top European champions. We need to be better than we have been the past couple of games, absolutely. But we'll wait and see what happens. Chris? Uh, yes, I think we deserve to be top. Um, but I think we are we are top of the league, but we don't look like a team that's charging towards winning the title. And I, I think over the last couple of years, I think not so much last season, but the two before... When Liverpool was top of the league, you thought they're going to win the league this year. The year before with Man City, yeah. as soon as they got on top, you thought they're winning the league. I, I I think we're top now, but I don't think anyone would be saying, yeah, they're going to go on and win the league. I think it'd be the same if Man City or Liverpool was top because they've had some very indifferent results like Man City losing at home to Palace, Liverpool losing yesterday to West Ham. I don't think it's going to be that sort of season where when one team gets on top, you're going to be saying that they're definitely going to run away with it and win the league. But I don't think at the minute, I think it's brilliant to be top and we definitely deserve to be there. But I don't think we'll win the league with our attack. I I agree. I I agree with that. I mean, Not with the way they're playing. Not with the way they're playing at the moment. Unless Lukaku Lukaku comes back and can hit form again, I think that'll that'll define our season. I think if he comes back and it's the Lukaku he was in the first few weeks, then yes, definitely. But if he comes back and the team continue to struggle to play with him, then I, I don't I don't think we'll ultimately I don't think we'll get over the line. Yeah, I, I mean we'd love to hear your thoughts, listeners. So you could tweet us. We we really do want to hear what your thoughts are on this situation with Chelsea and chances created. And if we need a forward, maybe suggest one. For Halovic, I'm sure we'll be thrown out there. He'll cost a lot of money and want to be first-teamer, so probably unlikely. Um, with that, we've come to the end of another episode of At The Bridge Pod. As always, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram if you do not already follow us, searching for At At The Bridge Pod. We are going to be back up. Uh, back up? 
We are going to be back on Friday evening, as normal. Won't be back on the Monday, but hey, we've got a special episode for Friday. It's a cult hero. There's a little spoiler, but you kind of already do that. So, yeah, till then, that is us signing off.